on September 21st at the IO Theater in Chicago and streaming wherever you are, it's time for the fifth annual Pod Slam, the podcast marathon for Connor's Cure. Beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time, the world's best podcast marathon brings you the finest shows in all the land. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, Queer Movie Night, Poppin' Bottles, Tabletop Potluck, I'll Be There For You, How Star Wars Is It, The Pod Slam Exclusive Hollywood Hardwood, Dilettante Ball, Killer Conversations, The Heels and Heels, Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment, Paired, Our Father, We Still Like You, Not Your Demographic, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, and the night concludes with the Pod Slam All-Star Rumble, presented by Parker Flags and Penance, where hosts from shows throughout the day battle it out for ultimate podcast supremacy. Tickets are $10 all day, with all proceeds going straight to Connor's Cure for pediatric cancer research and treatments. Head to arcadeaudio.net slash podslam right now for tickets, donations, schedules, and much, much more. Welcome to Arcade Audio. And welcome to Shared History. I'm Natalie. And I'm Cass. Snap, crackle, history. I you know, I just I didn't know where that was I didn't know where that was going. I was so surprised by it. You're welcome. I had no idea. I wrote that. You're on the spot. Honestly. I made that up. A genius. Uh you should write books or something. <laughs> They'd be very short. <laughs> That's true. You should write fortune cookies. Yep, there we go. Uh, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Shared History, where we uh, tell you a story, and that story is a thing about a person or an event from history that perhaps was not covered in your history books. That we probably don't know a whole lot about, and we wanted to learn more. Yeah, because uh, guess what? We're not historians. No, we are not. Uh, but gosh darn it, do we try. Oh, we try real hard. We try real hard. Uh, and we love this stuff, and we love doing the research, and we love you. And I'm, speaking of loving research, I have tried to hold off on doing literature because I feel like I'm going to do a lot of it. Hey, you know what? I caved and I finally did a Chicago history. You got a Chicago up down. You earned this. Um, I'm flying solo today. I, it's just me getting a story to y'all. Uh, I, I love literature. I studied it in college. Um, and I could go on and on uh, about it. I love it so much. Um, so I wanted to uh, talk about um, something from literature that is not talked about at all that I honestly didn't really know much about and I wanted to l- learn more. Um, it is a, an author, Murasaki Shikibu, and she wrote The Tale of Genji. Hey, friends, Cass here. Just wanted to drop a little beat on you before the episode starts. I am discussing the tale of Genji, but I pronounce it the tale of Genji. For the first half, little disclaimer, my apologies. Enjoy the episode. Okay. Which is, she is credited as writing the very first novel ever. 
what yes this is the first novel maybe that's why i know the tale of genji like maybe that's why that's like something that i've heard of before they they teach it a lot you talked about like a a history class you took like an ancient history Mm -hmm. this is always kind of dropped as like a and the invention of the novel in japan in the 10 hundreds moving on wait actually you want to know why i knew that the invention of the novel was in japan don't say carmen san diego race through time no I was just gonna say it, you guys. Oh my god, Natalie, you are my evil clone. Oh my god, it's the best PC game. <laughs> it was where is where in time is Carmen San Diego? Carmen San Diego raced through time. Oh, I played Where in Time is Carmen San Diego. Maybe that's we'll what have it to was. figure out if they're different things. I think it's the same. Um, oh my god, you guys, this was the best game. It's so Carmen San Diego left all these clues, and we need to find her. But yeah. she lo- left them in different time periods. This is how I learned about Queen Hatshepsut. Yeah, who was the first pharaoh. Uh huh. Um, and then uh, uh, I think this is like legit, like the first time I ever like learned about the Silk Road. At all, I think so too was, because there was there was because there's a there was like a whole there's a couple along the Silk Road and there was a mini game of uh, silkworms that yes, you had to like yes. you had to like get all the silkworms or something. Oh my god, Natalie, I love you. I've never heard of anyone who's heard of this before, and it's literally <laughs> how I know a lot of my a lot of my like random history. Like they talk about uh, Norse mythology mm-hmm. in there too, and like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's like yeah. Thursday, yeah, yeah. Thursday, yeah, yeah. and. Oh, what a magic moment. I think Rip is recording it now. Are you going to start crying, Natalie? Because I cried in one of the episodes. Damn it. What if I goodwill hunting you? You can't do it. It's not your fault. Stop. It's not your fault. It's It's not your fault. You got to call me Sean. It's not your fault. Sean. I'm not gonna hug you. Um, that was a magical moment. You needed to give me like a second more. I was working on tears. And oh almost man! There. Oh, so I'm, an actor. I'm an actor. Um, but wow, I just this makes me so happy. I'm glowing right now. Uh, but I want to tell you a little about uh, Murasaki Shikibu. Uh, she's a Japanese writer and lady in waiting to Empress Shoshi. Okay. Uh, during the uh, Japan's Heian period, which was 794 to 1192 CE. That was the whole, um, the period, the Heian period, Okay, was from that time period, which was, um, uh, it says, high point of Japanese aristocratic culture, golden age of peace and harmony. This was a, this was a time of peace, and so because of and that... And we haven't had a time of peace since. Nope. Uh, because of this great uh, stretch of peace and harmony, they were able to focus on culture and art and whatnot. She was a lady in waiting and she was given kind of a lot of status and title because she was so good at art and poetry. Um, the tale of Genji is, is a story. It's not autobiographical, but she like bits and pieces of it. They believe were based on, kind of her experience yeah. so she's in japanese court she's a lady in waiting to the empress and um the tale of genji the, the story itself was not a criticism of this high culture lifestyle but you could tell she's not really a fan of it uh it, to her it seemed kind of like a lot of pomp and circumstance this was very much like um, poetry and uh haiku or i think it's it was called haka um if you could do that like you were so cool like it was all about wit they would quote famous you know bits of poetry and it was kind of like a like a game like oh can you do you know what this is from or can you finish this haiku 
Um, and it was kind of, it was super snobby. And we're, of course, talking about haiku, the form of poetry, and not the musical artist. There's a musical artist named Haiku? Yeah. It's who's saying, oh, nope, that's Hoku. Wait, is it Hoku? That's a shoe brand. Who's saying Perfect Day from uh, Legally Blonde? What? The musical? <laughs> no, the movie. Oh. Uh, maybe it might, I think it might be Hoku. Rip, Rip, you gonna drop a beat on it? This is the most unnecessary beat. <laughs> but but we gotta needs, see it through now. It needs to be What's dropped. this song? How does the song go? It's a perfect day. Oh, when she's like walking. in, in my, my way. That is Hoku. Hoku. Mm. Might be. But I feel so like there's a haiku. Yeah. I like thought a, there was A pop artist haiku. Hold but the on. second I said it, I was like, no. Mm, so close yet so far. There's also a, sh- a running shoe company called Hoku One. Important things. <laughs> Back to Caleb Getchy. Guys, my brain is a wealth of Your brain is mush right now. Necessary and perpetually irrelevant knowledge. And then the relevant stuff, which I got complete all from Carmen San Diego. Race your time. And jumpstart third grade. Um so in the Heian period, upper class women as well as men were expected to become experts in music writing and the art of dressing well. Um this is uh, this period is kind of what preceded what kind of began the period of like geisha okay and it was all about culture and art and like presenting it um in like a beautiful way and like oh we i am a master of um music and singing and poetry and all that stuff i'm trying to remember what the name of uh of like early japanese with with japanese theater the theater at that time because yeah because it had a name and it was it was uh, like operatic almost in form. Are you thinking of Kabuki though? Because Kabuki is sixteen hundreds. I do not know. It's not about that. It's not about that. <laughs> it's, not about, it's not about me trying to pull theater history out of. We get it. My you butt. studied theater. <laughs> um, poetry. So, so poetry was often used as a go between between men and women. Um, at court, one might be called upon to demonstrate one's knowledge of a certain poem. I just said this a little bit ago. Um, highly formal poetry parties were staged, testing one's wit and cleverness. An inept poem or misquoted phrase was laughed at and This scorned. is 100% what you do on your Instagram story when you quote something and then you're like, nope, nobody got that reference. No, no, one, no one got it? No one got it? No one's talking about John Linguizamo and Romeo and Juliet, Prince of Cats? All yeah. right. No one's mm, no one's no one's uh, remembering this exact line from uh, Prince of Egypt. No, no. All right, nope. Just Natalie. <laughs> it was it was Prince of Egypt. It was like, for your delectation and delight. Literally the most random blurb. These are your poetry parties. Poetry parties. Live in your truth. <laughs> Hashtag Prince of Egypt. Um, so it was very like it said here. Poor calligraphy could also ruin a reputation. <gasps> It's what our parents always told us when they made us think that cursive mattered. And then cursive disappeared. But it's on a comeback. Um, so, yeah, so she was kind of disillusioned, it seemed like, with this, like, it's hoity very toity. superficial. It's very hoity-toity. But also, she was the best at all of it. <laughs> like, she was amazing at it. And then she got to kind of, like, do a hair flip, like, <laughs> but I don't but care. But I'm also above it all. I, like, don't care. Um, uh as with most literature of this day, Genji was written, they believe, um, in kana, which was a Japanese phonetic script, um, and, and, and not in Chinese. Chinese was kind of the, uh, the language of, it was like the highbrow language, but women were discouraged from speaking it, learning it, knowing how to write it. It was not proper, and it was like for men, and it was, it, which is so strange to me. 
Yeah. Um, because most of Genji was written in in Kana, which was this. Uh, it's explained as like an archaic and very complex language, yeah. which even at the time. And so when Pete, when uh, scholars were translating uh, Genji, uh, m- most Japanese speakers cannot figure out how to read this without extensive study of this like archaic and very complex uh, phonetic language. And, a lot of the words are the same. So even in context, like if you're trying to use context codes to figure out this one word, there's a lot of like homophones and it's like, you still might not know what word she's choosing. Man. It's very complex, but Chinese was like too hard for the women. Um, I think it's interesting that like they weren't, it's not like, Oh, you're not allowed to write and full stop. It's like, you're not allowed to write in this specific. Yeah. Language. Yeah. It's like, it, because again, like culture, was the most important thing and like you had to be able to to read and write to be at this cool poetry party but it was stopping them from creating no or or reading or learning um or writing it was just this uh language of of court and of which i also think it's funny that it was like an easier language (laughs) yeah yeah they made it sound like like, this is the men's language we don't understand god kind is really hard though kind is really hard so we came up with this other language but you're not allowed you're not allowed to no girls allowed boys we all know what you're saying damn it (laughs) um uh it's just pig latin (laughs) we speak a different language oh my god Uh, one earl's gay uh loud a someone sent me a meme that was like uh you remember when uh we sent all the boys to jupiter to get more stupider well now they're back and they're fucking shit up (laughs) oh um but since she was a lady in waiting to the empress and it was pre- predominantly giving these stories to, to women, um, that's also why it wasn't written in Chinese because um, though she could read, read and write in Chinese and understand whatnot, not a lot of, her not many audience. other, her audience couldn't or they shouldn't, so they wouldn't. Yeah. A lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda, and there. Um, yeah, it says Chinese characters were at the time a masculine pursuit. Uh, women were generally discreet when using Chinese symbols, confining themselves mostly to native Japanese words. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So she, uh, a lot of this was, um, they say they think it was, it was written over a decade uh, when, they're, when they're kind of, when scholars are mapping out like the time period. Also, I should say that she was born in, did I say this? She was born 790 or 978. And she died in 1014. Okay. Context, this is like the height of the Silk Road. I was really hoping you were like, context, lame yep. is. I wrote this in specifically. Um, okay. You're so, so much better at giving context to shit than I am. I'm always like, and nobody needs to know what was happening anywhere else in the world unless it's relevant to my story. It literally says, I wrote this down. Um, she's the best known writer to emerge from Japan's high end period, 794 to 1192 was a period. And I wrote extra context. Silk Road was 114 BCE before the Common Era to 1450s CE Common Era. Also, that's a really long time. Oh yeah, because like, well, and also Silk Road like covered all of Asia. Its, yeah, an yeah. insane amount of. So this was geography. like this was like kind of smack dab in the middle of the Silk Road era, um, and it, it was they believe it was written chapter by chapter. Um, because this was delivered as a tale, like it was, it was an oral 
mm-hmm. you know, like every time we're on the court, it's like, I'll give you another chapter, guys. It was kind of like a, a serial, um, but th- but it was written down. Um, and it has many elements found in a modern novel, uh, a central character, very large number of major and minor characters, well-developed characterization of all the major players, sequence of events covering the central characters, lifetime and beyond. Like these are the, when we think like of, when you study, like when we think of novels, we're yeah. like, of course it's a story. Like there's a main character and, and you know, things happen to them, but they didn't really do that to start off with. Yeah. Um, it was, or, you know, you think of, like the, Homer and stuff those are all just oral tales you know yeah. like po- it was it was epic poetry it was written as poetry so this is the first like prose narrative um it, i thought this was interesting it says the work does not make a use of plot instead events happen and characters simply grow older and i'm like well that's just a it's an epic or a saga yeah are they saying that that's like what it used to be or is that what it what, this like, is what genji is okay so I don't know what they mean by don't make use of plot because they, they give the synopsis and the bullet points. And, um, I don't know if it's like, there's no, like, there's no like rising action, falling action. Yeah. I think it's just like draw your, your little, your camel hump. Yeah. I think this is like, it's not, uh, these are all building to the climax and then the result and it all connected. I think it's just like, Oh, and now he's like 40 and this is happening in his life. Oh, and then he got older and this thing happened. I think that's what they mean. It's like a little bit more Benjamin button. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true. That had a rise and fall of action. Horrible movie. Just like the phrasing of like the characters are just getting older made me go there. Um, one, the remarkable feature of Genji, as I said, is, uh, Murasaki's skill in, in, in internal consistency, despite having nearly 400 different characters and keep in mind, she's telling this over a period of time. Like, and she's like, like, remember all of these characters. Yeah. And they, the, the last few chapters, it, that they don't know that there's question of, did she write these last chapters or cause it was unfinished. Yeah. And they're like, did someone come in and like, this is where she was going or, and they kind yeah, of like like a scholar come in and tie it up. Yeah, but it, but it was people of her time. It was okay. like so it was like someone else like right after she dies like oh, I'm going to finish it for. Her. Um they just couldn't handle the cliffhanger. <laughs> the cliffhangers. They're like, "Oh no. She's been coming and telling this story." Well, they say the so reason it's basically the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> they say the reason they they think uh someone else wrote it was because it's the only time there's like slight consistency breaks in it. Oh. Cuz she was so it was so um the attention to detail and the callbacks and also she never uses names at all there's over 400 characters she never names anyone except for genji i believe because at the time this is also this I'm is being so confused this is oh yeah i gotcha this is being told in court yeah to the empress and all of her you know empress friends um and as decorum dictated i wouldn't say like Natalie over here, I would give you your your title of court. Mm. So they'd be like first general or it would be your title or your kind of, you know, minister to the so-and-so because it was impolite to like, just like name you. So scholars, when they're translating it and whatnot, I think they said they give them little like nicknames or whatever. She never names anyone in the book. Does she call them by titles? She calls them by titles. But as again, it's going through... 
I haven't really given you the plot yet, but it goes through Genji's entire life. Yeah, so like there are other and people a, having those titles. Exactly. Like people swapping titles. Yeah, and this goes back to the context thing of not only figuring out what specific words mean in the language, but also like, oh, is this the same minister of the so-and-so? Or is this an, like... It's very complex. This is a roller coaster. It is a roller coaster of emotions and things. Oh, I'm not getting to that. My yet. grandma used to get mad if we like just like called her not by her name, but like even if we just said if we ever like just referred to her by a pronoun in her hey, presence. You? No, like if if like oh my like mom she. yeah, my mom would be like, uh, what are you guys doing? And I would just be like, Oh, she's watching Stuart Little. My grandma loves Stuart Little. Oh. Uh, she'd be like, She it wouldn't have to be something that I wouldn't have been it wouldn't have had to have been me saying something like she started it. It would be like anything innocuous. And my yeah. grandmother would be like, she, oh, I'm just, she. <laughs> also, I'm usually so bad at organizing my notes and I organize them really well this time. So the random thought that I was giving you about like, oh, she like never names them. It was literally the very next bullet point. <laughs> um, trust yourself, yourself, Cass. You know, you know this. All characters age in step. And the family and feudal relationships maintain general consistency. Almost none of the characters in the original text is given an explicit name. The characters are instead referred to by their function or role, i.e. minister of the left, an honorific, like His Excellency, or their relation to other characters, heir apparent, which changes as the novel progresses. Did you say that their like, feudal level like never changes? Because that sounds real depressing. What do you mean? You said they're the agents step and they're like, it sounded the what you oh. said it made it sound like they, they never really rise in station. Oh no no no! Uh, like, or, like um, the families don't the feudal relationships, as in like as in like of the whole area. Uh, no, she just she just the, of the the class structure of the time. Like the, yeah, it yeah, remains okay. consistent through that. Not okay. like you Not don't that, rise. Like, the and people fall. can't get out. No, of it's just like her I reference. Like, wow, what a downer. Although it was feudal and it was kind of like yeah, that. but like, yeah, they just mean like. When she's referring to feudal, like she stays okay within those that terminology. Yeah. Um, do you want to know what Tale of Genji's about? Oh my god! Please tell me. Let's talk about it. Well, it was published officially around ten twenty one. Um, it's in the morning or in the evening. Well, <laughs> let me paint a picture for you. <laughs> Rich got my horrible joke. <laughs> I didn't. Ten twenty one a.m. or p.m. <laughs> Everyone in this room is very disappointed in me. I hate you. As so long much. as I can get McDonald's breakfast, fine. <laughs> you can hey, get it anytime. 24 uh, 7, baby. But back then, sponsor us, McDonald's. Um, hashtag ad. Uh, it's a classic work of Japanese literature. Uh, it's a three part novel spanning 1,100 pages and 54 chapters. Um, the original manuscript no longer exists, but there were like copies of it. Yeah. This is pretty cool. It was made in concertina or Orion style. It was written in accordion style. So like when you open it, it's like, oh, there's one page and like think of like Jacob's Ladder yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's... Think of like when you like stack your post-its. Yeah, and it's like beautifully illustrated and it just kind of... The story unfolds. Literally. Oh, that was a cool whistle. Um... And so I remember reading that. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And I Googled it. I was like, oh my God. That's beautiful. Which for a hundred and... There's a big accordion. It's a huge fucking accordion. Um, But it's it's beautiful. And uh, uh, what what is the direction that Kana has written in? I do not know. So concertina is not like a Japanese term. I think I've 
pretty sure that's just what it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know what. Like, like if, if you read like top to bottom, like top oh, bottom, I, like I think left it's, right. it's columns, but I don't know which way you go. Um, I just looked at a picture. Okay. Yeah. No, I was just I, thinking of it in that format made me go, oh, I wonder like. Yeah. So it is like, it is written like a book, but like, you know, like Japanese texts is written yeah. up and down, but then we'll throw a picture on the gram. <laughs> uh, earliest chapters were written for a private patron. Take a shot of Patron. Um, and it was either she was married and it was either during her marriage or shortly after her husband's death. Um, she continued writing while at court and probably finished while still in service to Shoshi. It was a depiction of lifestyle of the high courtiers. So this was the kind of that like, oh, you fancy and I'm going to write about it. It wasn't translated into modern Japanese until like the early 20th century by poet Akiko Yosano. And the first, I just wrote this down because it pissed me off. The first English translation was attempted in 1882, but was of poor quality and incomplete. And it's considered the world's first novel regarded as a masterpiece. Um, so the plot, here we go. Uh, it, con- it concentrates on Genji's romantic life uh, and describes customs of the aristocracy. It recounts the life of Hikaru, uh, Hikaru Genji, or Shining Genji, that's his name. Um, it was the son of a Japanese uh, emperor and uh, one of his beloved concubines. But since it wasn't his like direct wife, yeah. um, he was not given status. Okay. So Genji, in the, in the book is like a, a like really high like ruler of state but he's not given title okay so and they think this was based off of um wait who's the concubine and who's the genji's mom okay is a concubine got and it his dad is the emperor got it okay yeah i didn't explain that really well so the emperor no, I probably just didn't follow it emperor removes genji from the line of succession demoting him to a commoner um but he pursues his career as an imperial officer. Uh, they think he was based on Murasaki's experience of Fujiwara no Mishigana, a powerful Japanese statement, statesman who was regent in all but name, is what they say. Basically, he was running the show, yeah. but he didn't have the title, so they're like, well, you're just like this guy, but he was running the, yeah. the empire. Um, he was like Kissinger. Yeah. Kissinger? Henry Kissinger? I know that name and I'm not. Watergate. We'll but that's what later. it is. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so his dad, Genji's dad, hears of a woman who resembles his deceased concubine who he was in love with. And so he's like, I'm going to make you uh, one of my wives. And Genji uh, falls in love with her. It's like, he, they say like he thinks of her as a mother and then he loves her as a woman. And I'm like, ooh, that's good, 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 No. So they have this like forbidden love affair and it tears Genji apart. Um, and Genji's married. And it's basically just like Genji, a series of Genji's like affairs and love affairs and how they all turn out horribly. Um, he engages in a series of unfulfilling love affairs with other women. But in most cases, his advances are rebuffed his lover dies suddenly during the affair or he becomes bored with his lover. Oh, wow. The trials and tribulations of Genji. Oh, man. Um, also, I wrote this down because I thought this was funny. This is a, a depiction of the, or a description of the synopsis. When Genji turns 40 years old, his life begins to decline. His political status does not change, but his love and emotional life begin to incrementally diminish as middle age takes hold. 
Life ends at 40. I thought, I thought, I assumed before you started describing like the characters that Genji would be a female character. And so then you said, you said like, oh, it's about Genji's like misfortunes and like basically like romantic relationships and like misfortunes. And I was like, what is this? Angus thongs and full frontal snogging. But now I'm sitting here trying to think of like a good example of a book that's about a man's uh, like, like romantic foibles in love. Yes, uh, and I can't think of one because most young adult literature is the other way around. Yep, exactly. Also, I'm now should clarify. I'm it's Genji, Tale of Genji. Okay, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Tale of Genji. Um, and uh, so yeah, it's just going through all of his like failed love affairs keep in mind she's she's telling the story to um the empress and all the women and people of court so that's why it's i think more of like a love story you know because that's gonna story time kids let's talk about this love affair yeah um because yeah i remember thinking that too when i was like what breaking down like the actual synopsis and i'm like oh it's just like all this guy's love affairs and whatnot like i thought that was weird that it was a guy yeah. Because um, you don't ever see that. And then, I mean, of course, it makes sense that it's going to be about romance and love and stuff, but I thought it was interesting that it was a guy. Yeah. I think, again, she, they think she based it off... Um, Her own experience. Fu- Fujiwara no Mishigana, the, the guy who was regent at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think some of these may have been love affairs that he had. Yeah. I do not know for sure. So some of this is like some like hot goss. Yeah, like spilling tea. Uh, so what's oh my gosh I'm gonna sneeze I believe in you keep talking so there's not dead air while the sneeze happens if I sneezed while recording everyone do you do do one of those like seven in a row like no 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 no. I give you no warning and it's all power I'm a power sneezer (laughs) I'm a scream sneezer I'm a scream sneezer too but lately I've been getting like like pre-sneeze symptoms yeah and then it goes away and it's so well that's frustrating giving myself blue nose (laughs) Too much? I was about to make the same joke, and that's what I think I hate the most. <laughs> Ripped. Just gave me the most disproving dad look. Um. Anyway, so what I was going to go into... <laughs> so anyways. So anyway. So, so towards the end of the novel, um, all the chapters have names that kind of deal with what's going on in the story, as chapters are wont to do. Um, in a chapter called uh, um, Moboroshi, which means illusion, uh, Genji con- contemplates how fleeting life is. Immediately after, uh, there's a, chapel, a chapter titled uh, Kumogakure, which means vanished into the clouds, which is left blank, which implies what? his death. And I don't think this what? was like, a, oh, my pen ran out. She was like, hey... Guys, here's this a chapter. Like playing with form. Meta uh, AF. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, I can imagine. Imagine her telling that in court, though. All right. It was like chapter 54. Time to go. Um, so that was really cool. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. And then uh, chapters 45 through 54 are known as the Uji chapters. Uh, and they follow his friend Kaoru. And it, 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 like Genji's gone, or Genji's gone, and it talks about his friend 
and uh, how he kind of screwed over his friends, by his other friend, by sleeping with his lover. Um, and it's just kind of like, oh, this is just a different story. We're tacking on to the end. Weird. Yeah. And like, so Genji dies. We have blank chapter. Blank chapter. And then it's like, oh, hey, this is my friend uh, Kaoru. And my and his friend Neo, and it's about him sucking at love as well. Yeah, and uh, at, but it's like at this point in the story, the quote unquote main character is Kaoru, um, and it's about how he's an asshole. So they <laughs> think that they, he's been called the first antihero in literature, but he's which an is interesting. Antihero to a character that's dead. No, though this is separate. Almost like he's a, he's a he's sleeping with his other friends. They're not even t- this is Genji's friend. Genji's dead. Genji's friend is being Genji. Genji. God damn it. I keep doing that. I'm sorry. So uh, Genji. Okay. So Genji dies. Genji dies. And then we pick up with. So this is like. Okay. This is like a spinoff. <laughs> yeah. It's like spinoff, but it's like not giving it its, its own series. Okay. It's like private oh. practice. But when they do the crossover episodes with Grey's Anatomy. But Genji's dead. Yeah. So it can't be. There's no crossovers. I'm just and trying to make crossing an over. I'm just trying to talk about Chandra Rhymes, all right? The from the other side. He's crossing over. So it's like Angel. Uh, <laughs> Buffy and Angel. Yeah. yeah. Um Buffy dies. Now we're, now we're an angel. <laughs> yes. Uh, I apologize. I was just trying to figure out. I was like, okay, so he's he's yeah, having no, an affair with somebody else. No, it's his, yeah. his other friends. It's it's bizarre. It's like almost like stories over let me it would have been another book it would have been another book book. yeah it almost is like an epilogue of like uh if you want to if you want to check out my new book here's a few chapters from it if you liked the story yeah yeah they they used to do that in books i remember like like why books i used to read they would start the next one was like oh that's really good where's oh it's a different book yeah it was the previously on rude it was rude next time on it's not just uh um, an amazing period in Japanese literature. Like this was this is the first. This is the first novel, novel and it was beautiful, and it was um, descriptive. It was dense. There was so much going on. It was, and it seems like it was like organized. A F. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. It was meticulous and so precise, um, which is why it is considered like still one of the greatest novels, yeah. particularly of. Japanese literature. Um, it's it's a staple. It's staple reading material in Japanese curriculum. Um, you read it growing up in uh, in school. Uh, and the Bank of Japan issued the two thousand yen banknote in her honor, featuring a scene from the novel. Oh, Japan! And it's it's based off a twelfth century uh, illustrated illustrated hand scroll. So, okay. Yeah. So it's like a hand scroll that was made in the twelfth century about this, and then they put it on their banknote. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, November 1st was designated as the official day to celebrate uh, Japanese classics. That's so cool. Yeah. Did she... Okay, so did she perform it, like, in oration first and then write it down? This is... Yeah, that's what I was kind of confused on because... She, like, workshopping it in court. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it might have been, like, she wrote it, and then I'm like, oh, let me read you my chapters now. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think it was like, hey, guys, let me spin a yarn, and then I'm going to go write it down. Honestly, like, not to make this about gender, <laughs> but that, like, thinking about, like, uh, Homer's work and it being, like, 
the history I know of it is that it was all oral. It was and all somebody oral. Somebody wrote it down long after. Yeah, Homer didn't write shit. Yeah, Homer, also, we don't know that Homer's a real guy. Yeah, fair point. But I'm still going to make it about gender. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, Homer was just like pulling this stuff out of his butt. And then somebody like finessed it. It got finessed by millions of other people yeah. telling the story. They worked out all the kinks. Like the Bible. And then somebody wrote it down. <laughs> Too much. Sorry. They, then somebody wrote it down. Whereas it is so much more. I think it's just I identify with the preparation process of like, I'm going to write this down. Make sure that it's, it is ready to present. It is audience ready. <laughs> Even if that audience is just my friends. Right? Yes. This is audience ready. I'm not, I'm not spewing out trash over yeah, here. I am prepared i am the person you want on your in your group project <laughs> natalie you are though we have so many spreadsheets we have so many guys i get excited every time you're like guys i made a new spreadsheet whole lot of spreadsheets, whole lot of spreadsheets. Lot of also spreadsheets. like so basically homer's just doing like crowd work yeah essentially yeah. <laughs> and then somebody and then somebody took the best bits yeah. and uh what we now know as uh, as the odyssey and the iliad are, uh, the best of <laughs> Yeah, they weren't so much like hour-long stand-up specials. Yeah. They were just best of compilations. Yep. <laughs> Whereas uh, she took the time to like get it right before presenting it. Yeah. So it's not like there's there's no open mic bad bad bits in here. Some Carlin shit. Yeah, yeah. No, this is all ready. Yeah. So that was me making it about gender, <laughs> about how men and women snapping into my mic writers and entertainers uh prepare and the expectations uh, of preparation placed upon them yeah hey uh have, th- thank you feelings. thank you murasaki for um teaching us how we should behave professionally as no arts teaching artists. us to do the work do the work um i also 100 percent know exactly where my wear and time are is carmen san diego discs are at this moment i still think it's so race through there time. will be we'll figure it out i know where they are though because i just took a box of stuff home from my parents house and i opened it and it was just like all it was a couple of like loose burnt cds and then it was like one one of the things one of like the little like cd folios or whatever i opened it, it was all of my old pc games <sighs> of, but only the ones that i played a lot or right. that i like loved which is basically just uh carmen san diego and uh uh, now I can't remember if it was Jumpstart third grade or Jumpstart fourth grade. It makes a difference. It was, it was, it was whichever one uh, there are robots involved in. There was one I played. I think it had Zumbinis. What was this? I don't I know. Don't it know. was a, it was a weird. Oh, I just remember that. Is it culturally acceptable for an adult woman to go back and play Jumpstart fourth grade? I don't have a disc drive on my computer, but yeah, I'll see, figure it out. I remember I found one of my, it was like a civilization game. It was called Pharaoh, and I loved I playing it. I remember that game. Oh my God, I loved it so much, but I don't have anything. I don't have a PC, and I don't have anything with a disc drive that could. I had a really overly complicated game that I never figured out, and I read the instructions <laughs> because, of course, I did. That was, that was about, that was like called the Titanic, and it was a when it took place on the Titanic. <gasps> what? And I pretty much just that one and jumpstart fifth grade. I never figured out. I just like walked around and I was like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. I had a game that was like, like a Norse, like guy on a horse and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, you play. So you're supposed to like fight. And I'm like, I don't know how to do it. So I'm just going to run around on the horse. Yep. You know what? You make it your own game. You're, yeah. You're, you gotta do it. You, yeah, I just it. explored the ship. I thought it was really cool. You could like walk in all these like state rooms and whatnot in the Titanic game. And in jumpstart fifth grade, uh, part of it takes, you're like, it takes place 
in a, in like an art museum. Ooh. Uh, and I like literally it was I couldn't figure out how to get to like the, I would like talk to somebody and they'd basically be like, you have to go here. Or they'd say something like that made me think I had to go someplace, but I couldn't get to that place. <clears throat> it was kind of like when you're in a, when you're dreaming when you're having a dream and you like know you need to go somewhere but like every time you open a door you're like not where you are supposed to be yeah. where you're trying to get to it was like that but that was the video game and i'm like was well, a horrible game i'm like this is awful and makes me feel like a bad fifth grader <laughs> so i never passed fifth grade because <laughs> i couldn't jump start it oh wow i also loved all the backyard sports games like backyard baseball and backyard. yeah i never had any of those what i like hasbro i had like the game of life like board games yeah that stuff but like backyard baseball sims was where it's at also true what did you do how did you force your sims to fall in love this is super relevant content what do you mean force them so if my sims didn't fall in love with like if i like multiple characters like sims in the house and they didn't fall in love with the one i wanted them to uh i would build walls around one and kill them off and then like recreate another character I thought you could just. That's so metaphorical. <laughs> Would you ever throw them in the? Because I like make pool? like my friends, and then like the wrong ones of us. Like like I would end up with like somebody else's crush, and I'd be like, "This wasn't supposed to happen." <laughs> Do you ever put them in the swimming pool and then take the the ladder away? <laughs> no, neither did I. I've heard of people like building a hot tub, and then you take the hot take- tub away so that you can you can see them not blurred out. <laughs> You could do that with the bed too. Is that not where you were going, Rick? No, not quite. <laughs> oh, well, you could do that too. You could put them in the love bed and like make them cuddle, and then you could delete the bed. <laughs> you just you just liked playing horny Sims. Yeah. <laughs> there was also like Sims, like it wasn't even Sims Hot Date. It was like oh, I forgot Sims, about like, Hot Date downtown or something, and like. So you could go to like the downtown area and go like shopping, but you could like fool around in the dressing room. So I think that's Sims, right. Sims was playing. They were pervy. Sims. They started it because you would always do like, oh, what options can I have? And I remember it'd be like, oh, you can woohoo and you can fool around. Yeah. What is that? Oh, oh, and then you can delete the dressing room. So no. But this isn't about, about them. The Sims. This is about highbrow Japanese literature. I ruined it. <laughs> Way to bring us down. Sorry, guys. Never gonna bring me down. I hope you're happy. Look at her. She's wicked. Okay, and that's the um, extent that we can do without having to pay Stephen Schwartz a lot of money. Yep. Um, that was great. That was great. That was like, I love that that was a topic that is like something near and dear to you because it is in the literature world, but also like uh, a like regional literature blind spot yes and it's something that like shouldn't be it's not like this is only important to um asian or japanese cultures it's like this was a staple of of literature and and in most lit classes they will say that yeah but then they'll be like but we're not going to talk about it like but let's 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 talk about frost let's go read dickens again it's the same sad story over and over again sorry charles Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, I was going to say that. Sorry, Chuck Dickens. <laughs> Chuck Dick. Um, I also would like to say that I don't think I dropped an F-bomb this whole episode. And I went way hard in the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, I almost did, but I held myself back. 
Uh, glad so, someone can control themselves. So, uh, but is it control if I also constantly ask for recognition for it? <laughs> Validate me. Uh, speaking of validation, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can uh, you can leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Uh, you can't rate or review us on the other mediums, but you can subscribe. Uh, please, please do that so that you don't miss an episode. And and if you have any corrections, suggestions, or questions, or questions, you can email us at sharedhistorypodcast at gmail dot com. We want to hear from you. We want some topics that uh, maybe you guys don't know about, and we don't. Yeah. Uh, also, you can follow us. Where especially, there's going to be some probably gorgeous visuals. Yeah. For this uh, particular episode, we always post. Uh, some in the show notes on Arcade Audio, but we also post them on uh, at SharedPod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so find us over there. And uh, we are also, I don't think we've mentioned this at all ever, uh, Arcade Audio has a Patreon. That's right. So uh, if, if you like the podcast, if you like any of the other podcasts on Arcade Audio, um, if you just love podcasts, uh, you can uh, support us on Patreon as well, and we'll have some uh, some bonus content coming out on there as well. Do we are we missing any Patreon deets? Uh, well, just I mean, basically how it works is you sign up, you choose what you want your monthly donation to be, or whether it's a one time thing, and then there's a link. Make sure to hit that link because that's where you can. Uh, choose which shows you want your money to go to. Oh, good point. Yes. So you can choose one show, you could choose multiple shows, you could choose the network as a whole, uh, but that lets us know who you're listening to. Who, who you're yeah. listening to and where to you know send that. And uh, it also lets us know if you hit the $3 level, if you want to get up in uh, any particular Discord channels, which I don't think we've talked about, but it could be a fun place for some history chat. Yeah. History chat. Um, and also, if you do the $5 level for bonus episodes, you not only get the shared history uh, future bonus episodes, but you also have access to All every yeah. show mm. on the Arcade Audio Network's uh, bonus episodes. So, yeah, you could be a place of discovery, or you could just ignore them. Do whatever yeah. you want to do. Patreon us. Take a shot of Patron. I hate it. You love it. <laughs> I've been Cass Maher. I've been Natalie Younger. This is Shared History. Share you later. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.